0: Ready for this today? Again, I'm beginning a new series called Fight Training. If you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading here in verse 11. Say amen if you have it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O man of God, Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. It's interesting that, that these uh, quality characteristics of righteousness, godliness, faith, and so forth do not just automatically exist in someone's life they don't just fall upon you just because you you have received salvation that's of course the most important thing but doesn't mean you have an abundance of of these other elements working in your life on a day-to-day basis otherwise we wouldn't be told pursue them all right we're, we're told to pursue so that we can obtain so the absence of a pursuit would also contribute to i don't have them i'm not living in these in these elements in my my life. Everybody with me today? If something's going away, you have to be in pursuit if you're ever going to catch it. And it seems to be that whatever is worthy in life, noble pursuits, things that we really want, they're valuable, you have to go after them. They don't just land in your lap. Those who succeed in life It's because they tried. (laughs) It's because they, what I mean by that is they gave effort. They they, they put their hand to something, something worthy. They they, they put their mind to something that was noble in in its acquisition. And he said here, pursue these things. Go after them. The opposite is also true. It's right in this verse when he said, flee these things. That's talking about what was in the previous verses. One of them being like the love of money. But you know, it, it, it is a biblical concept to run from certain things in life. You say, oh no, not me. I'm not a runner. Uh, uh, not me. I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not, I'm not talking about being afraid. I'm talking about being smart. Those who succeed in life, wisdom teaches them to pursue some to run from others. Yeah? Yeah? Praise God. Let me give you a couple examples of that word flee. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.18 reads, flee sexual immorality or fornication. What should you do with it? Resist it? Well, no. Wrestle with it? Struggle with it? No. Flee. Run from it. 1 Corinthians 10.14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee it idolatry That means worship of idols. Okay, in some cultures that might be little statues they call gods. But for us it could be a lot of different things in life that we don't necessarily bow and pay homage to in that way. But people have set up idols in their life. What should they do? Uh, Wrestle with it? Fight to overcome it? No. if you see that in your life? You run. You don't casually stroll away. You don't just look the other way. No, you get out of the room. You leave. There are, th- th- this is true for a number of things in life. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22 reads, Flee also youthful lusts. Flee them. Why flee them and not just resist them? Because you're setting yourself up for a losing fight in this regard. Praise God. How, how, how many know your flesh cannot be trusted? What, ta- what I mean by, I'm talking about the, the fleshy, sinful, carnal desires of the flesh cannot be trusted. And sometimes people want to live a certain way, they want to have righteous living happening in their life, but they keep putting themselves in situations that are totally a setup for their failure, right? When he says flee youthful lust," how many know you've got a young man and a young woman in a, it, who, who, who. You know, love each other and are and are uh, fired up about each other in certain ways, and that's all fine and natural and normal. And uh, but how many know you put yourself in a certain situation? Uh, you that's not wise, because well, we're just praying together at midnight in the dark, <laughs> alone with no one around. You're not praying together. The devil is messing with you. Come on. And, and it's not about, uh, not about praying that thing away. It's about running. Yeah, yeah. It's like, see you later. I'm out of here. Come on. Good. And run. We need to know when to stand. You know, when to just dig in and take our st- We need to know when to leave. We need to know when to run. We're not supposed to wrestle with sin. We're supposed to get away from it. Yeah. Why am I saying these things? So we have success. Right. In the beginning stages of learning uh, how to fight as I'm teaching I didn't even know I would spend much time on this at all I thought it would be just a minor introduction point but it stirred in me really strong while preparing now spend a little bit of time on it take a little bit of time telling people to get away from certain circumstances certain individuals certain s- situations where you're tempted and you're probably going to fail yeah. Amen. hallelujah so, we shouldn't put ourselves in situations where we're gonna be tempted. One of the best ways to, to win in life's battles is to not go where you're gonna lose. Instead of being like a proud person, well, I can do it, I can overcome this, I won't, fit. I won't fall, slow down there. <laughs> you're, 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 using, you're really operating in pride. I'm sufficient. I'm stronger than that. The Lord says, "Run from those situations." Yeah. The Lord says, "Get out of there." Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mr. Miyagi said it this way. <laughs> he said, "Best defense, no be there." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Kenny Rogers said. Know when to walk away and know when to run. I know he was talking about poker. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, do we have the wisdom? Do we have the spiritual knowledge to say, this is a fight, this is a battle. The Lord has not equipped me to be in because it's going to be a flesh fight. I'm I'm fighting with the the power of the flesh, with just the will of the flesh. I'm trying to overcome the devil in this area with the flesh. This one, I'm just supposed to leave, and that's really how we win. Your victory is by not participating in some of these fleshly battles. You might recall um, from the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, uh, a man named Joseph. Joseph was the... The the, brother, the son of Jacob who had the coat of many colors, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. And, and uh, anyway, he ended up at one point working for a guy named Potiphar. And Potiphar had uh, trusted him and put him over his whole house. Uh, but Potiphar had this wife who had some loose morals. And Potiphar's wife was continually winking at Joseph every time he walked by, flirting with Joseph and she wanted him and... And, and he was a man of, of, of great character. Even though he had been mistreated, he had been betrayed, he was still holding his character before God. And uh, he knew that was wrong. And, and, uh, and so he was resisting these, these temptations. He wasn't falling for them. But then one day she got really aggressive. And here, here's what happened uh, Genesis 39 12, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand. What did he do? and fled and ran outside Do you notice he didn't you know mentally deal with that situation so she's there hey Joey (laughs) (laughs) and he says no I can't do this I can't sin against God and your husband my boss whatever he's put me over this we can't do this now and so let's just talk (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we could just have a meal. Maybe we, no. As she's being aggressive towards him, he knows the only way out of this situ- situation for a young man and an apparently attractive woman who's coming on to, to him is I have to leave. And she got so aggressive, grabbing onto his clothes, and he said, he believed in this principle so much. He said, fine, you can have that. <laughs> I'm out of here. There was nothing. Why? Why did he do that? He knew if he stayed, they're going to do baby making stuff. Right? And he would have sinned against God and against his, his, so against Potiphar. Right? He had to get out of the house. Okay? Some people, you know, that's wisdom. Get out of the house. Leave. Leave situations. Leave certain people get away from circumstances. It's not, it's not a failure. It's not fear. It's not admitting to weakness. It's, it's saying, I am not going to give my flesh any place. Does anybody need to avoid giving their flesh some place? The reality is, is we all know ourselves. We know what we're weekend, what's a temptation and what's not. And it's not always equal across the board. People have different experiences, different paths, and some areas, some people can handle it fine. It's like the person who used to have a problem with alcohol, and they don't drink alcohol anymore, but if they get around, around it where it's readily available and other people are drinking it, they're sweating. They're like, oh, I haven't had this in a long time, but oh, and they're lying on it, they're looking at it. What should they do? Should they rebuke it? Right? No, they should just go up, go away from there. Right. Don't go to those situations where you might end up in trouble. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so wisdom knows when it's time to leave. You think about even, even Jesus knew this principle and practiced it. I find it interesting. Now, Jesus never sinned, but uh, there were things in his life where he took very practical, physical steps to avoid Um, opposition. You might think he always just stretched out his hand and, you know, knocked people down. You really only have one occasion where that's recorded, where that happened, where he spoke and everybody fell back. There was the time when they tried to throw him off the cliff and he somehow walked through the middle of them. So that was some kind of demonstration of power there. But he didn't always just use the power of God to get out of situations. Some, some things were very practical. It says this in, in John eight fifty nine. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. That's interesting. See, Jesus didn't operate in fear, did he? Never. But what did he do when these people were picking up rocks? He didn't say, I can take it. Come on, bring it. He didn't use his force field. He went and hid himself. Jesus hid himself? Yeah. That was the way to win in that situation is to get out of there. Another time in, in John chapter 11, verse 53, it reads, Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews... But went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim. And he remained with his disciples. So so they wanted to kill him based upon that. That's why the scripture says, Therefore, therefore, he would not any longer walk among them openly. Jesus altered his behavior where he walked because people tried to kill him. Why didn't he just, why, why didn't he just, you know, use the power of God and knock him down? Anyone who tried to harm him. It shows us that following the Lord and winning in life, overcoming battles have natural and spiritual components to them. And sometimes the Lord's guidance and leading is not for us to engage, but for us to just get out of there. And that's a win. And Jesus won. They didn't stone him. He ended up dying on the cross at the right place at the right time by his own choosing. That's why he said in John 10, no one takes my life. I lay it down. Well, how do you control that? No one takes your life, Jesus. Sometimes the power of God comes on him and he walks through the midst and they can't get him for some reason. And other times, the, the, the wisdom of God works in him, and he says, I'm leaving now. I'm getting out of town because I'm not supposed to have this fight right here. Come on. Good Hallelujah. Think about, now, now think about uh, battles that are legitimate, that you do have to face. One that Jesus faced was temptation, okay? And the story goes, Jesus was baptized in the river by John. Cousin John, John the Baptist, baptized in the river. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And immediately after that, right after that happened, right after Jesus went public, Son of God, you know, John prophesied. There he is, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Scripture says, Matthew 4, 1 is one of the accounts. It says, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, if that has ever made you tilt, why did... Does Holy Spirit lead him to be tempted by the devil? I think the temptation by the devil was not something that God set up, but rather something that was inevitable. Jesus just goes public. People around know, demons all around say, oh, there he is. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior. What do you think they're going to do? They're not going to say, well, let's regroup and we'll get him in a few years." No, they immediately come after him, Satan in particular, immediately comes after him to tempt him, to trip him up, to get him to fall, to get him to sin, to get him to abandon his mission and his, his destiny as being the Savior. And so what the Holy Spirit was doing in leading Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, think of it like this. The leading of the Spirit was into the wilderness, not to be tempted. The to be tempted was inevitable. The into the wilderness was uh, gaining the upper ground. It was choosing your playing field. If you're going to be tempted and there's not some, you know, we can't just wipe that away. I just don't believe I'll be tempted any longer. Well, that's foolish thinking. You're going to be tempted. The question is, if you know it's coming, on what battleground do you want to fight? And in this case, the Spirit led Jesus to get alone in the wilderness. He's fasting. All of His focus and all of His attention is on the Father, the will of God. He's filled with the Spirit and now getting in a place where He's just getting stronger and stronger. His, you know, his body is not being fed. His spirit is being fed. And the devil attacks Him in that location. And it's a, it's a, a losing bid for Him. Right? Right? So uh, he chose the playing field. Now you can see, Say, so how does that affect us? Watch. One of the best ways to ensure future victory is to be led by the Spirit in where you go. Okay? Is, is, will there be attacks against your life? Yes. Will there be temptations? For sure. But if you are led by the Spirit of God then when you have that battle, you're in a favorable position. The landscape is set up for you to win. You have not only the grace of God, which is what I said, the favorable conditions, you have the grace of God on you. You have the resources of heaven there enabling and equipping you to overcome in that battle. But if I ignore the perfect will of God for my life, and then I say, well, I'll just use the name of Jesus... I'll just speak the Word of God. Those are things we're supposed to do, by the way. But I can't overcome or disregard God's will and His place for my life thinking I'll win no matter the playing field. God wants to give us an advantage. I say, if you know you're going to be tempted, if, you'll, if you know you're going to be tried, if you know you'll be tested in life with, with evil things, Make sure, to the best of your knowledge, you are in the will of God. Like being in church. Two people, one's in church, one's not. I'm not talking 24-7, you understand, just in your life. One's in church, one's not. They're both tempted. Which one's more likely to win? The one that is receiving. And they're in a place of God's strengthening and equipping and, and, and encouragement and help. And so when we value the, per- the perfect will of God for our own lives and where we go, we are more like Jesus and the, d- the devil has to attack us on our own turf, so to speak. Good. Come yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody okay? Yeah. All right. I don't mean being in the will of God it gives you a free pass from all opposition. But again, it does give us the advantage in these situations. Paul said something interesting. Let me give you one more verse before we go back to the original. He said something very interesting to the Thessalonians. It's 1 Thessalonians 2.18. He wrote, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again, but Satan hindered us. I think that's interesting that Paul would say something like that. Did Paul, Paul, don't you know Satan's defeated? Don't you know Jesus stripped him of his power? Don't you know that? He did know that. He's the one who wrote about that. And yet, even with Satan's defeat, even with Paul knowing the principles of resisting the devil and not giving him place, he still, he not only, this not only happened, he wrote it down. So he wanted other people to know this is still true in life. Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us from getting to Thessalonica. If that was true for him, could that be true in our day that we want to do something, a good thing, a right thing, but there is opposition and Satan's involved? Yeah. We must contend with opposition. It is not an irrelevant subject just because we're believers. How, how, how did Satan hinder Paul? Well, yeah, it doesn't, he doesn't exactly say. I can speculate a little bit. Bear with me. Maybe his current ministry that he was doing, and he was preaching and teaching and ministering and equipping and helping people and establishing churches, maybe that was taking longer than he thought it would take because of Satan's opposition in people. I thought I could get you up to speed in just this amount of time, but obviously you're not getting it yet. <laughs> Satan's battling people's thoughts and minds, right? It could be just, I, I wanted to get over there, but I can't leave these people like this because they're not ready. Yeah. It, it it could be, uh, you know, travel accommodations, maybe natural. I, you know, he went down to the national rent-a-horse, and, and all the horses were out, and And so he couldn't get to Thessalonica, right? Maybe it was a very natural hindrance like that. But I think often what happens when an individual learns how to personally resist the devil, Paul knew how to do that. He had personal victory. He overcame in his own life that Satan will come and attack those people around you that are weak. When when Satan hinders someone, how does he do that since he's defeated? He will, he will attack people and he will use people. If he can't get you to entertain his thoughts, to speak his words, to question God's will, to, if he can't get you to fall for those things, he might come after your, your relatives. He might come after your coworkers, your friends, people who are close to you because they can impact you. And it's not like you can just take authority over another person. Come on, come on. I command you to obey God. I command you to walk in love. I command you <laughs> to be generous. Right? I would have done that to everybody already. <laughs> we can't do that. So, so this is somehow, some of what we have to deal with. And my point is this. This is very real opposition. In life, know when to get out of there, to run. Know when to stand and resist and to fight, and know how these attacks come. Amen. Okay, ready for verse twelve? Yes. <laughs> Still there in First Timothy chapter six, verse twelve, goes on to say, "Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have, have confessed the good confession." In the presence of many witnesses. Just notice the very simple truth here. We are told to fight. We must fight. It's biblical. We could say it's scriptural. It's the will of God. It's part of the equation that Christians learn how to fight. Okay? Is that a different activity than rolling over and accepting? Getting kicked around and just being passive and believing that you can't do anything about it. Okay. Is that different than the belief that, well, I just don't believe that God would allow anything to happen in my life that wasn't his will. Listen, if that's true, why are we told to fight? If nothing can happen to you outside of God's will, why should you fight the good fight of faith? Because you might be fighting against God then. Yep, that's no, many things come against us or happen in life that are strictly the opposite of God's will. That's why he said, listen, you guys, you've got to fight. You've got to lay hold. Lay hold of eternal life. What does it mean? Grab onto it. Grab it. Don't let it go. Why, why should I not let it go? Because Satan is trying to wrestle it out of your hands. Right? You receive something from God, Mr. Devil, would you help me? <laughs> you receive something from God, the enemy's going to try of grab the other. And if you feel the slightest tug and you say, oh, okay, it must be God's will for me not to have that anymore then we'll let go of some very precious and valuable gifts. And the Lord is saying to us, no, don't do that. Fight for this. Lay hold of it. It's valuable. Keep it. Amen. If Timothy needed that exhortation, how many think we need it too? Yes. Timothy. I mean, he, tra- he was Paul's right-hand guy. He, he was pretty equipped. And he needed to be told, Timothy... Fight the good fight of faith. Don't roll over. Come on. Don't, don't just be passive. Don't just sit back and let things happen to you. Fight for this. Lay hold of what, of what is yours. He needed this because, he said here, he made the, he confessed, how does it say it again? He confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What, what, what's that? Jesus is Lord. Yeah. He personally confessed. He personally bore witness in front of many people that Jesus is who he says he is he was Lord of all he gave his life to him his faith was very public well what does that do? that sets you up listen we all have to do it but it also paints a target on us you've done this in front of everybody so you're a target and if you say well I don't want to be a target well you might not be able to choose that I mean, you can be as passive as possible and live a short, pathetic, miserable life. (laughs) However, if you want to, if you want to overcome and be a testimony of God's grace and God's goodness, yeah, there will be some opposition to your life, but that's okay, because we're told you can fight this. You can fight this with your faith. Now, think about fights. I'm almost out of time today, but uh, you coming back next week? I'm... I'm, c- I'm coming back. Okay, good. Uh, I think there's, there's, you know, like fist fights and sword fights and uh, what other kind of, kind of fights are there? Gun fights and husband and wife fights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like legal fights, you know, fight, battles of different uh, of different. Na- In all those fights, forget about husband and wife. Uh, Because we really don't want you to do that. I don't want to equip you to win over your spouse. Because you don't win unless, you either both win or you both lose. How many know that's true? Okay, okay. Uh, When it comes to, Amy, remember that. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Yeah, I said Tuesday, not Wednesday. <laughs> um, in all these, in all these battles, go back to my main point now: gunfight, sword fight, legal fight, fist fight. Who's likely going to win those fights? Who's who, who's going to come out on top in these battles? It's gonna be the one who was trained. It's not just whoever enters the ring. It's gonna be the one who knows what they're doing when they're in the ring. When we we have a, some of you are military, uh, uh, when, when you signed up or joined or enlisted or however you got, when you joined that branch, did they just say, Great to have you? Sign up. Here's a gun. Shoot the bad guy. No, how I many know if that's all the training that an army has, they're going to get their clock cleaned right they're going 're they're going to lose these battles. there's a lot of training involved so that when you 're in battle, you know what you're doing it is, it is is It is the truth with really all kinds of fighting. Uh, you, I was thinking about how our military has gone into uh, different countries over you know, the last couple of decades to you know, liberate and so forth. One of the things they do when they get there is they train the local armies to defend themselves, at least that's their goal. So we can train you and leave and sometimes that takes a while to leave. <laughs> but they train them so they leave and they can defend their own country. Okay? But the training is essential if we are going to win And according to this scripture, our fight is not a fist fight. It's not a sword fight. It's not a legal fight. It is a faith fight. And if I would need to be trained in the law or trained in sword fighting, uh, do you think it would be necessary for me to be trained in faith fighting? Yeah, and so not knowing that, I could be going into some pretty serious battles that God intends for me to win, He wants me to win, but I haven't taken any time to find out how to fight with my faith. And people, they have bodily, physical, you know, disease attacks, and they don't know how to fight with their faith. They have financial opposition, mental oppression, they have these struggles in life, and they don't know how to fight with their faith. So they're fighting with everything they know how, with natural means, but sometimes it's just not sufficient. They need to fight with faith. But how many people have been Christians for, you know, I mean, years? Many years, some. And they've never learned how to do that. They act the same way they did before they got saved when attacks and, and opposition and, 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 and hardship comes to them. They act the same way. It's like, dude. <laughs> and dudette. that. <laughs> Use your faith. What? 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 How do I do that? That's what we have to learn. Amen. Amen. We have to learn to fight the good fight of faith. How do you win over demonic attacks? How do you fight sickness? How do you battle mental strategies of the enemy that that are designed to put doubt in your mind and question God's will and God's plan? How do you overcome discouragement? Well, the Lord has given us a method. 1 John 5, 4 re- reads, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How are you going to beat this? I'm going to do it by faith. Well, I heard you've had some really tough, tough times in your life. What are you going to do? I'm coming out by faith. I am going to believe God And this thing is going to be temporary. It is going to be short-lived. I am coming up and coming out by faith. Come on. When you you know your weaponry and you've learned how to use it, you'll start saying things like that with no natural explanation as to how. People who don't know, they don't understand faith, they'll say, I know, but what are you going to do? Yeah, but How? Well, listen, I don't need to explain it to you right now, but i tell you, this thing is short-lived. It will not last. We are going to come up. We're coming out. We're coming over. We're, going to, we're coming up out of this thing. We are going to win. I'm not rolling over and just taking this. I am going to overcome in this life. You know, when you say that, demons get afraid. God is pleased. Your father has a big, fat smile on his face. Saying, there's my boy. There's my girl right there. You see them? They're trusting me. They have faith, and they will Overcome. If we're gonna succeed in life, we will have to learn to fight. If we don't learn to fight, we will lose. Why is this fight called a good fight? He doesn't just say fight in the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight. We need to have that in our mind. Why is it good? Well, it's a noble fight, it's an honorable fight. It's something that's worthy of our time and efforts, of every effort. It's a good fight because we win. We win. You don't lose a faith fight. Well, I know someone who they fought a faith battle and they lost. No, they didn't. Say, well, you don't know. I, I do know this fight, we win every time. Now, it's entirely possible that we start a fight of faith and then end up a fight of flesh. That's not the fight we win. But the fight of faith has God backing it. The fight of faith has His promise as our, in our, as our assurance and our guarantee. It's a fight that we win. That's right. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. Say, I can, I can. win, win. In, every fight. in every fight. I can, I can. believe God. And overcome, and overcome in every situation in every circumstance. In every circumstance. In every circumstance. Now, now try this on for size. Say this with me if you can, even if your head has to catch up. Say every time, every time and in every, in every situation I always overcome. I always, overcome. I always, I always get, healed get healed of healed. Everything, that everything that comes against me. I always win. I always win. I always win. Amen. Now, now what? So, I, I realize saying that, saying those statements like that, uh, some people think, well, I don't know, I haven't won everything in the past. Or I don't know if that's true. Let your, I, if you can go out of here pondering that, talk to the Lord about it. Study the word about it and start saying, I win every time. Anything that comes against my body, I always get the, I always get healed of it. I always get, my needs are, my bills always get paid. I always have enough money. Come on. Come on. Say, so, well, I don't, stop it. <laughs> Say, I do. I'm, why am I saying, I am teaching, I've just started. I'm teaching you how to fight with faith, not with sight. Yes. Not with feelings. Not with circumstances. Fight with faith. It's an invisible force that has God backing it and enforcing it. Come on. Amen. Father, we thank you for working in here today. Great is your name. Mighty is your spirit working in us, working through us, working among us. The mighty manifestation of your spirit that happens all through this house, in people's bodies, in their minds, in their marriages, in their lives. I thank you. You are the God of more than enough and you enable us to overcome, to succeed in every situation. Faithful are you. Faithful is he who called, who also will do it. Father, you are the mender, the restorer. You are turning things around as we put our trust in you today.